Welcome back to the Writer's Nook podcast. I'm Hannah Bauman, editor and writing coach. And I'm Leah Chason, a fantasy and romance writer. If you follow the podcast closely, you know that we are a little bit behind schedule. Um, A couple weeks ago, I got really sick with the flu, so that pushed back our production. And then last week, when we tried to actually record our you know, podcast that we've got ready to go. Um, our recording software was having issues, which has now been fixed. So yeah, we are trying to get back into it. Now that Hannah's back in the real world and the software has been fixed, we want to talk to you about how to start your story. The beginning of your story is crucial. No ifs, ands, or buts about that. It is the place where readers are first introduced to your world and characters. And because there are so many great books out there, Readers want to be captivated immediately. If you don't have their attention, they're going to just move on to another book. We hate to break it to you, but that prologue you wrote probably isn't the best place to start. Prologues are really tricky to work with. More often than not, a prologue can be retitled as a first chapter or cut altogether. Which might sound mean, but Hannah's right. Your opening needs to intrigue people and draw them in. It's all too easy to put a book down and walk away from it. If your prologue does not offer that immediate pull, then it's not doing what an opening needs to do. Right. Your opening has to entrance readers in some way, which is going to depend on your story. So we will dive into specifics here in just a minute. We always want to preface our advice with a caveat. Nothing we say is a hard and fast rule. We believe that by understanding the general guidelines and rules of writing, you can break those supposed rules in really beautiful and inspiring ways. Yes, there is a lot of advice out there on the internet I find about how you, quote, must do something one way or another. A lot of that is just clickbait for titles. Um, You know, there are tried and true ways to craft stories, but you have to remember writing is about creativity. You can use our advice and other advice as guidelines, but this stuff is not like an absolute set of laws that you have to follow. With that out of the way, let's get back to how to start your story. As we were saying, you need to get the reader curious within the first few sentences to hold their attention and entice them to read more. In basic story structure, an opening scene establishes the status quo. It's the protagonist's normal life and shows what their life is like before something happens. That something officially called the inciting incident, kicks off the rest of the plot and gives the character goals and motivation. That's a classic way to start a story, and there's definitely nothing wrong with using it. You can make the status quo period intriguing without falling back on, like, dozens of pages of backstory. And you want to do this because the status quo is important for a few reasons. First, it lays the foundation for the rest of your world, and that's where your world building starts. It's really an opportunity to show readers the basics of how this world works, whether that is New York City in a 1980 rom-com book you're writing or a completely invented fantasy world. And speaking of fantasy, if you have an especially unique setting, that alone can really intrigue your readers. And if you want to learn more about world building, go back after this episode and listen to episode number 15. Another reason the status quo is so important is because this will all change very soon. With a good understanding of how things work, the reader can immediately see how the inciting incident changes the main character's lives and how big this is. Choosing the right starting place can really help solidify the world and the character. If a character has a habit of breaking the rules, start with them being admonished for their wrongdoing. This shows the rules and how the character doesn't fit them. 
hinting at what's to come. Something similar happens in the beginning of Gail Carriger's Etiquette and Espionage series and sets the tone for all four books. And I have my own example, kind of, um, from my work in progress that we talked about in the last episode. Uh, So my beginning scene shows the protagonist in her place of work with her best friend. While she's there, she receives this mysterious letter from the emperor's secretary, which isn't all that weird because her uncle works for the emperor. Um, So that alone establishes power hierarchy in the world and just a little bit of backstory. Um, The reason, though, that this letter is really worrying her is because she possesses illegal magic so not only have we established a power hierarchy in this world and a bit of backstory but readers can see exactly how this character does not fit within the confines of her world's rules this is a great example of choosing the right beginning for your story now if you're just starting out and discovering your plot and your character's voices then you don't need to worry about nailing it right away Get the words down, then come back and sift through what you have to find the point that delivers world-building, characterization, and foreshadowing in the right way. Yes, definitely don't feel pressured to find that, you know, quote, right beginning immediately. I rewrote my opening scene, I kid you not, probably like 13 to 15 times before I settled on that as what I wanted to start with. And also, all of that happens within the first page. But I think it actually, I haven't reviewed that chapter in a little bit, but I think that's all contained in like five paragraphs. So as you can see, you really don't need this huge explanation or info dump to, you know, grab the reader's attention and start building your story. The opening scene isn't your inciting incident. While you should start with a scene in which something happens and not four pages of description, don't open directly into the inciting incident. This opening should have some sort of foreshadowing of what's to come, even if it's really light foreshadowing. But if you open directly into the inciting incident, then your readers don't have a great understanding of what's happening and why it's important. They know something is happening, but not how it changes the character or the world. Great point. The status quo period does not have to be long, but you want to give your readers some understanding of the world before you know chaos ensues some of you might be familiar with the term in media res this means to start in the middle the term gets tossed around a lot but its translation into writing rules gets misconstrued even more yeah in media res does not mean that you're starting your story in the middle of the book it's not that 50 percent mark that doesn't really make sense. Um, Generally speaking, of course, there are exceptions where you could do something like that and play with structure and time. Leigh Bardugo does this very well in Ninth House, and if you want a really good example in an adult book, you can go ahead and check that out. Yes, that can work in certain situations, but as a general rule of thumb, don't just start your story in the middle of the book and never establish what happened to bring us there. If you want to pursue um, an interesting time structure, flashbacks and things like that are going to be super important. But going back to basics, how can you use in media res in a more um, linear and straightforward way? You start with your character or characters doing something. It doesn't matter what. They might be in the middle of an urgent phone call, or maybe they're in the middle of an argument with their best friend. Or maybe they're in the middle of a sword duel if you want to get really um, exciting right off the bat. Whatever way you start in media res, something needs to be happening. And you should choose relevant details to make the scene both interesting and relevant to the plot. 
Yeah, so another great example, if you would like to go read some books that show this, is The Beginning of Truth Witch by Susan Dennard. This is a young adult bordering on new adult fantasy book. So the two main characters, Sophie and Azult, are in the middle of a heist gone wrong. Chaos obviously ensues, but this event actually kicks off the entire plot for like her entire series and even circles back or the fourth book excuse me circles back to this event like it's it's really great it's one of my favorite series as well and i think i turned hannah on to it yep you definitely did i i am obsessed in media res basically asks you to start in the middle of a scene truth which doesn't show the heist being set up but how it goes wrong around the protagonist it can feel like a lot to worry about showing world building, characterization, and foreshadowing in a scene that feels cut in half. But it's a lot easier than it sounds. All of your scenes are going to show characterization because your characters will always be interacting with the world around them. And every scene should lead into the next, which is intrinsic foreshadowing because your reader will guess what's happening. Yeah, don't overthink this too much. Um, I will get in my own head when I'm writing about things like that. And when that happens, you just need to take a step back and say... It's all going to be building on each other, and I can always fix it when I'm revising. But, so, how do prologues fit into all of this stuff that we've talked about? At the beginning of the podcast episode, we mentioned that prologues aren't really the most efficient way to start your story. I'm sure some of you are shocked right now because I have had multiple writers and clients tell me that someone else told them that every story has to have a prologue. Let me reiterate what we already said several times. There are no stringent rules in creative writing. There are only guidelines. To say there are absolutes would be like saying like visual art has uh, specific rules you must follow. And that's not a thing. Right. You do not have to write a prologue. You can. But if you do, it needs to serve a distinct, separate purpose. A prologue isn't just what's happening before your story begins. It should be happening at a different time period or a different place to provide information that will not only be important to the main story, but also like a little amuse-bouche. Right. Prologues generally happen outside of the main story you're telling. Um, they might like run parallel to it or they might feed back into it and intersect in some way later um but it it's not the story you're telling it it's something related but outside of it um so while you can use a prologue to introduce the world you definitely don't want to use a prologue to explain every single bit of world building to readers um for example you don't need to use the prologue to explain how people store food in an alternate fantasy world Uh, i have seen that Unless that's going to be crucial to the story later on, probably doesn't need to be put there. Besides, a lot of readers skip prologues since they seem optional. So if you introduce something there, a reader might miss it. Yeah, I personally am just not a fan of prologues as a whole, if I'm going to be totally honest here. Um, I would rather uncover those clues of the past or, you know, whatever through reading and through the story than in a prologue. It's important to remember, too, that a prologue is usually better suited as your first chapter. If your prologue is in the same time and place as your main story, is connected to your main story, or told from the POV of your main character, then it's probably a first chapter. And if you have backstory you want to tell, but you don't want to use a prologue, that's totally fine. 
Um, there are so many different ways you can get creative and weave that history into your main storyline. The other misuse of a prologue is to use it as an info dump site, like Hannah said earlier. You probably have tons of information you want to share with your readers, but the prologue is not a free-for-all info dump site. It's more like a small appetizer, like I said. It's to get you intrigued for what's to come. And I meant to mention this before, um, but with readers skipping prologues, I ran this little poll on Instagram and Twitter. Um, it was maybe about 100 people who responded, so I know it's not the most scientific thing in the world, but 40% of those people said that they either never read a prologue or that they will read them half the time. So frankly, it would really suck to have all your world building information set aside in there and then 40% of your readers skip it. Like, that's... Yeah, that would hurt. Yeah, that's just asking for confusion. If you want to avoid an info dump, you can also go back and listen to episode 15, Balancing World Building and Narrative. So I guess the real lesson from this podcast is whether you want to use a prologue or not is up to you. No matter what you decide... Make sure that it's purposeful and not your actual chapter one. So I guess the real lesson from this podcast is whether you want to use a prologue or not, um, that's up to you. But whatever you do, make sure that it's purposeful and not your chapter one. Check that your prologue is necessary information, but still somehow separate from your main plot because it needs to be setting the stage for readers, not introducing all of your main story. And as always, if you aren't sure, check in with a critique partner or a beta reader to get their opinion. Or if you're working with a freelance editor, ask them and they'll give you a good. Exactly. Um, so switching gears to podcast news, we are almost at the end of season two. It's going to be one episode shorter than we originally anticipated, thanks to my rumble with the flu a couple uh, weeks ago. And our technological breakdown. But... Upcoming topics include conquering the messy middle, working with critique partners and beta readers, and best of all, writing romance. We anticipate wrapping up season two in the middle of March. Yes, I'm getting married at the end of March uh, 2020. Ah, thank you. Um, yeah, March 2020 for those of you potentially listening in the future. Um, and then for the rest of the spring, both Lee and I just have some other professional obligations. So if you want to keep up with us in the meantime, please follow us on our um, individual social accounts. I am at BTL Editorial all over social media, though you will mostly find me on Instagram these days. And I'm at LC underscore Chason, spelled like a Chia Pet. And I tend to be on Twitter more often than not. We're also available on at Writers Nook Pod on both Instagram and Twitter. Email us at podcast at btleditorial.com. We will see you next time. Thanks to Purple Planet Music at www.purple-planet.com for our intro and outro music.